Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. So, um, as we mentioned, over the last few weeks, we've been doing a series on the nature of friendship, um, looking at developing an attitude of friendship with all the different areas of our life. Friendship being the deepest level of support and encouragement to an end that's mutually enriching. The deepest level of support and encouragement to the end, an end that it's mutually enriching. And last week, we looked at friendship with the earth. How, you know, are we really friends with the earth? You know, how can we develop that? And in previous looks, we've uh, previous weeks we've looked at friendship with change, the way everything's always changing. How how do we make friends with that? Uh, we've looked at the flow of life, the way everything comes at us all the time. And sometimes overwhelms us. You know, how do we make friends with that? And we've looked at friendship with diversity. You can find ways of seeing those talks in the past. If you're in, in front of you, the little red card there, if you want to take one of those little red cards, uh, you'll find ways that you can actually see uh, those talks. And if you're new, the blue cards, if you want to be on our mailing list, you just fill in one of those little blue cards and actually either put it in here or give it to someone and uh, that's a, an opportunity just to stay in touch. But I thought that given that it is Father's Day, it might be a good uh, idea to look at uh, friendship with families. Uh, they always say that you can choose your friends but not your families. And that can put us in a difficult situation. Are we friends with our family members? Do we have the deepest level of support and encouragement to an end that's mutually enriching? Well, you know, sometimes yes, but, but sometimes not. I always think it's worth saying on both Mother's Day and Father's Day that they can be difficult for any number of reasons for some people, whether they be about absence, the absence of a mother or father, or being a mother or father, uh, whether it's about relationships. There's often pain there about what's been, what's not been, and also things that are still going on. So I think we first of all have to acknowledge that. But there's also then the whole issue of the melee of family life. Um, I put a cartoon out when I when I sent out the, the weekly email. It's a lovely cartoon. I normally see it towards the end of the year. And there's a student who's climbing up to the top of the mountain to see uh, his guru. And uh, the guru is saying, you have one final test to your path to enlightenment. And then the next picture is a Thanksgiving dinner with the student at the Thanksgiving dinner. So families often do pose you know, here I am pretending to be all marvellous and wonderful and then I'll go home and shout at my children when I get home. So, you know, families do give special um, uh, a course for us to, to reflect. Um, the experience varies enormously, but family does pose... I think family poses a unique opportunity for transformation. We have, in families, relationships 
that are not only based on interpersonal communication, but often there is DNA involved, a bloodline that carries information from our antecedents and will be passed on to our descendants. We are in a place where information is passed on from one generation to another through our DNA, telling the next generation the best way to survive. That's, that's what's going on. And it, and it is all in the DNA. Whether that be a skill at the violin or a propensity to alcohol or the ability to make a home or our spiritual development. You know, whether or not we believe in past lives, we're all involved in the process of receiving from the past and giving to the future. So what we do in, in this life, in our life, matters because we'll pass on what we learn to the next generation. Evolution has occurred by each species passing on what it's learnt and therefore bringing about minute changes in the development of that species. And you know, we're no different. And what we pass on to the next generation will be embedded in their DNA and will have some effect on humanity. So our relationship with those who came before us in our family and those who will come after is something that we ignore at our peril. We have an opportunity to make changes not just by communicating and leaving a mark through our relationships, but also in the information we pass on in our bloodline. My family is a family of soldiers. All the way back, as far as I can see, we were, everyone was in the military. Um, both my grandparents fought in the First World War and in the Second World War. I mean, can you believe that generation? You know, First World War and then the Second... And one of them even fought in the Boer War, which is in the, in the 1890s. I mean, can you believe what that generation went through? Um, my father and his brother were in the military during the Second World War. My father died in military service when I was two. So I have actually no memory of having a father. I once reduced his, his uh, commanding officer to tears because after he died, the commanding officer turned up to uh, make commiserations to my mother and he was wearing a military uniform. And all I could see was the green trousers. Apparently, I rushed away. Daddy, daddy! I rushed up and, <laughs> and reduced him to tears. Anyway, <clears throat> so I have no memory of having a father, all, all of which I think has affected the life that I've lived. Um, not having a father puts certain pressures on you. It's interesting, I always like to see that list of famous people who've had absent fathers. Barack Obama, Steve Jobs, Jack Nicholson, Marilyn Monroe, Jeff Bezos, Angelina Jolie. It does have an effect. A drive given by what Jung would call the search for the father. So there's that. But, you know, it, it also, obviously, just talk about fathers, it has a negative side to it as well. Fatherless children are dramatically at greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse, uh, mental illness, poor educational performance, teen pregnancy and criminality, and maybe a different sort of search for 
sources of self-esteem. But my family, if I look back into my, you know, coming from the military and going through two world wars where, you know, everyone's dying around you all the time. It's worse than COVID, you know, it's like all the time. And so therefore, those generations just repressed their emotions because it was just absolutely too much for them to... So when it came into our generation, you know, there were two generations, one after another, that were, uh, were repressing uh, their emotions. So I've sort of come into that, suffered from that. But in a sense, I've been determined not to pass that down the line to my children. You know, I think there's something important about making peace with our past in a way that enables us to move forward with our family, enabling us to have the deepest level of support and encouragement to an end that's mutually enriching. And for that to happen, I think we have to make a priority of creating loving friendships within our families as as the most important thing. More important than being right. Often we want to be, especially as dads, we want to be right about things with our family, about, about whose fault it is, about what needs to be done, and about whose turn it is to say sorry. You know, I can remember making a decision to transform my relationship with my mother 35 years ago. I mean, you know, I had enough and done. We weren't that close. You know, and I really, I mean, we, we just sort of tolerated each other. And, you know, I used to come back, I mean, you know, with, with parents, I just wasn't that interested in any of the things that, that she was interested in. I mean, I used to come home and she used to say, oh, the gardener did this and this. I said, oh, yeah, it's very interesting. And, you know, change the topic to something else, you know. And, you know, it's strange with me. I had a dream. And I woke up from this dream and I just knew how I could transform my relationship with my mother. So, literally, I picked up the phone and said, Mom, I'm coming down to see you this weekend. And she was like, really? <laughs> so I went down there. And so, you know, we sat at the table having lunch, and she did her normal thing. She said, oh, you know, our gardener, funnily enough, was called Mr. Bug. Mr. Bug the gardener. <laughs> Sounds like a happy family thing. Anyway, Mr. Bug the gardener was our family. And she said... Uh, you know, Mr. Bug mowed the lawn yesterday. The normal sort of thing. I'd be so disinterested. But I said, really? How long did it take? You know, she said, oh, it took about... And I then developed a conversation about the nature of gardening and everything like that. And, you know, from that moment on, I made the decision that I was just going to follow my mother's interest and just be with her in whatever she was interested in. Whether or not... It didn't matter... It wasn't about what was interesting to me. It was about my relationship with her. And, you know, my relationship went 180 degrees from that moment on. And, you know, 35, my mother died in April. 35 years later, you know, we were always firm friends throughout the whole thing. In fact, you know, from COVID onwards, I spoke to her every single day. On the, on, you know, on, I managed to get her to use FaceTime at the age of 90. But, you know, we spoke all the time. And, and that was a total transformation. You know, I dropped my ability to be, you know, my, my need to be right, my need to push things, you know, from one moment to the other. And I think, I think it's really that sort of thing that, you know, transforms our relationships. And I, I, you know, made the decision, was 
friendship was more important than anything else. And that really is the relationship or my intention with my family today. I'm not particularly close to my brother, who lives in France, but you know, I asked him to be best man at, at my wedding because I wanted to demonstrate that sort of friendship. Uh, it, it was out of desire to do that. And, and for me, it's the same with my children. You know, we're now at a point where we can be friends, I hope. <laughs> They're not here to say anything, but you know, I do hope that we can be friends. And for me, it's, for me, that whole thing is always about deciding whether you're the child or the parent, it's about deciding to be the adult in the room, that you're going to take responsibility for the relationship. No matter what others do, the question is always the same. Given the circumstances, what is the most loving response I can make? Given all the circumstances... What is the most loving response I can make? That was James Finley's question. I think it's a lovely question. And also, given the circumstances, what is the most loving response I can make? And I think it's worthwhile taking stock of where we're at with our families and thinking about how that might work. Where, where have our families come from? You know, what was their past? What did they do? And, and, and what did they pass on to me? What do I want to pass on to the next generation? And what do I want to stop with me? I want to stop our family being emotionally poor, which is why I married Heather, who's emotionally rich. You know, I, I married a, I thought, right, I married an emotionally rich person. You know, um, and I think you know both my brother and myself have decided that. You know, interestingly enough, we both went the spiritual route. I sort of got ordained and ended up doing this, and my brother became a Buddhist. And he, he, he does all of that, you know. I always tease him. I say, I knew you'd get religion. He's not watching, so I, I, always, say, <laughs> I always say, I knew you'd get religion. He, said, he always says, it's not religion, it's a philosophy. <laughs> he always says, so, you know. I, say, I still tease him on, on that. And for us to make a difference to the trajectory of our families, we have to tell the truth to ourselves about the nature of the relationship we have with them and also be willing to do something about it. And I'm not talking about confronting them uh, about how they don't consider us. You know, I mean, if you, if you think, right, I'm really going to take responsibility for my relationship with my father somewhere, I'm going to tell them the truth. I mean, you know, it never works like that. You know, this is what I really want for you. This is what I really got. You know, it doesn't work. It tends to go nowhere. I'm talking about making ourselves vulnerable to those around us by giving with no expectation of a return, loving. And that means looking at our own behavior and, and maybe transforming that too. Tignat Han says, if you behaved badly in the past, if you've been destructive, you can do something about it by touching the present deeply you can transform the past. The wounds and injuries of the past are still there, but they're within our reach. All you have to do is come back to the present moment <clears throat> and you'll recognize the wounds and injuries that you've caused in the past and those that other people have caused you. You should be here for those wounds and injuries. You can say to them, I am here for you. 
with your mindful breathing, your deep looking and your determination not to do the same again. By being present to that, transformation is possible. There's an attitude here of being able to change things by being present to them. And when they come up, responding in a loving way. If we live unconsciously in our heads, which most of us tend to do, just from one moment to the next, we'll just let the issues pass us by without even noticing that we can do something about them. We who are alive, and we are the ones who are alive, are the ones that can make a difference and transform our family relationships into supportive relationships. And the first step in this is we have to, you know, the first step is we have to make friends with ourselves. Now, that's a long conversation. Actually, a lot of what we've done in this course has been how do we make friends with ourselves? Because you have to make friends with yourself, with your soul, with God, with your bodies, with your senses, with your mind. You have to make friends with all of that stuff. And once we've done that, we can then be in a position to, to develop relationships with others. But as I said, family is especially challenging because of all that's gone in the past and all the expectations about what's going to happen in the future. You know, often as mums and dads, we live our unlived lives through our children and therefore force them to do well at sport, to become doctors. Jessica said to me, my daughter said to me, I want to become an actress. And I said, is that spelled D-O-C-T-O-R? She said, no, Dad, it is not. <clears throat> and, you know, we often want our children to be successful at the things that we failed at. And that also passes on, that expectation passes on damage to the next generation. So we have to be careful and also be prepared to really have a look at what's really going on in our family relationships. Therapy helps, of course. I remember when I was applying to go into the Church of England, uh, they stipulated that I have some therapy on the death of my father um, because, you know, you know I, I was like, oh, I didn't even know my father. So they said, you know, before you become a priest, you've got to have some therapy. And, you know, I find it quite, you know, useful. And actually, I've just recently gone back into therapy. Donna... Uh, Ward here mentioned EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And I thought, that's for me. And I went along and set it up. I'm actually finding it, it quite useful in just developing, I'm working on my ability to express myself emotionally. If we can't work it out on our own, then often the most loving thing to do is to get help. But we're the ones in the middle of it all. And it's really up to us to try and make a difference while we can. But again, you know, the difficulty with this, Thich Nhat Hanh says, many of us go around all the time feeling that we're so small, we're like a grain of sand, and we may feel that one human life doesn't really add up to much in terms of meaning. We struggle to get through life, and at the end of our life, we feel that we've accomplished very little. This is a kind of inferiority complex many people suffer from. If we see reality only in terms of historical dimension, it may seem to us that there is little that one ordinary human being can do. But if we get in touch with the ultimate dimension of reality, we know 
that we are all just like the Buddha. We share in the Buddha nature. We are the Buddha nature. And when we're able to see beyond the limitations of perceived time and space, beyond our notions of inferiority and powerlessness, we find we have a great store of spiritual energy to share with the world. And that's what I'm talking about. This reserve of spiritual energy is what we have to make our contribution in developing friendship with our families. By not telling them what's so or how to behave, but by seeing the bigger picture of where we've come from and where we might be going to and using our spiritual insight and understanding to make that difference now, one member of the family at a time, that's how we make a difference. We have a chance to develop relationships at the deepest level of support and encouragement to an end that's mutually enriching. And as we do that, our DNA will subtly change and we'll pass on that learning down the line, which is why families give us such a unique opportunity to bring about transformation through love. We should make an effort to have that happen, to reach out, not to be right, but to be vulnerable and loving. We have a chance in this, our generation, to make things better for future generations of our families. Dan. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you, and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.